2: FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon.
3: Picture this, take my hand, it's Cormac here on FM 104. Still to come, there's going to be uh, an Irish guy who has broken a world record for the farthest distance travelled on a solid ice lake. Travelled over 800 kilometres and it was uh, involving a makeshift truck and a motorbike. Uh, It was a fairly dangerous situation to be in. Temperatures were minus 30. It was in Siberia in Russia. Why he did it, how he did it, what happened in the end, how did they all get on? Uh, He'll be on in about twenty minutes, twenty minutes, half an hour before before half eleven, anywhere here on the show, Doctor Jennifer White is going to be on shortly, giving us a bit of a, a reasoned, calm, reflected approach, and a bit of insights as a doctor on the uh, corona thing. How worried should you be? She, yeah, she just wants you to really to panic. We have to be vigilant, but we may not need to panic as a lot of, uh, as much as a lot of places are making out that we need to just got a message in from Mary good evening Mary she says although tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day and it's Tuesday and we usually go to the Satanta Club Ballymun and play music bingo the man who does it is called Des and he also does the music bingo in Martin's pub so he'll be out of business for God knows how long uh, Mary out in Sanchez just wants to give him a loan and say fair play to you sir but listen thanks for that if there's anyone out there who's going to be out of uh, a lot of work over the next while whether they're a freelancer or a performer especially because the pubs have shut down that's going to affect a huge huge amount of people uh, give them a shout out. Um maybe they'd appreciate any sort of uh any sort of uh publicity or any sort of support at the moment. Um oh eight seven six seven nine seven one oh four. You can drop me a WhatsApp and we'll make sure to give them a shout out either by the end of the show or during the week here uh on FM one oh four. So on the way anyway, oh yeah, how do I forget this? I have not called someone back yet for the all directions for one direction competition. So if you got the directions a little bit earlier on that I played out and they're written down, and you're wondering. Has that been done yet? No, it has not. So if you want me to call you back uh, before the show is over, if you want to be the last finalist here on FM 104 today, uh, the draw is taking place with Jim, Jim and Nobby on Friday morning. So if you want that to be you, if you want to be in with the chance of seeing all four lads performing this year, 1D and your name, if you have the correct directions from earlier on, to 0876797104 might be calling you back very, very soon. Dr. Jennifer Wider on the Corona pandemic mania and whether or not you need to be as panicked as maybe you are. She's on the way next.
2: This is Room 104 with Cormac and Saoirse.
4: FM
5: 104
3: It's Room 104, it's Cormac here Saoirse is off this evening, back in though tomorrow night, don't worry she's not infected or anything, she's uh, she's absolutely fine and joining us every Monday evening at this time we like to talk to our resident medical professional uh, Dr Jennifer Wider and she's going to I hope one, inform us and calm our nerves a little bit because I know everyone is freaking out a little bit I came into the office today, everyone's been sent home, it's like a ghost town and it's a little eerie Uh, if you drove into town today you'll no, there was absolutely no traffic. I'm sure the buses and the Lewis and the darts are all are all a little bit uh, uh, empty and it just looks a little bit strange and odd and there's a hell of a lot of panic out there. But to come on to hopefully calm your nerves and mine as well, Dr. Jennifer Wider, how are you? Hi. Hi there,
6: Cormac. Good. How are you? Good, good. Crazy so times we're
3: in. Uh, indeed it is. It's mad. But um, how has, has, has your life been affected over the last couple of uh, days or even since last Monday since we talked to you last?
6: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think there's definitely a sense of this widespread panic. You know, New York City has been closed down completely. Restaurants are closed. They're only doing curbside pickup. People are very frightened. It's all over the media. And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people are saying that, you know, they're panicking, but why aren't the doctors panicking? We've seen, you know, different things in the news, certainly. Like, we saw what happened in Italy where there wasn't a lot of social distancing, right? So things were not shut down in italy a lot of people live with their elderly relatives a lot more than at least in american culture and probably in irish culture as well um and there's a lot of socializing and unfortunately it came on the heels of like the chinese new year so they had a tremendous number of tourists in the country right so it exploded there in a sense and people weren't really heeding the warning the, the good news for the rest of us is that we can learn from the mistakes that happen in other countries and a lot of this social distancing is not meant for people to panic. It's sort of this, you should, you know, we should flip it on its head in a sense. It's optimistic because we're protecting the more vulnerable people in our society by taking these, you know, these, these uh, precautions before our hospital system becomes overwhelmed. And that's really what people are trying to do across the globe right now. It separate people so that the cases will trickle in instead of overwhelming the medical system, which is what we saw in Italy. You know, Cormac, like with lots of people coming in all at once, they just were very overwhelmed.
3: So as, I know this is really, really um, a a new kind of flu or virus that we're seeing, as a medical professional, if what happens, we should be fine.
6: Right. I think, you know, I think what we're seeing is that, of course, this is a, you know, a strain of coronavirus that no one has ever seen before. And because of that, none of our bodies have ever had or produce antibodies to it or ever fought it off. So it becomes a bit of a question mark on how people are going to do. We can take a lot of solace in the fact that other countries have dealt with this, and the vast, vast majority of people have been fine. Even people who are elderly have been okay. The mortality rate, you know, is low, and it's probably lower than we know because the people that are in that denominator of people infected were symptomatic. And what I mean by that is those are people that are showing symptoms. So they're going into the hospital and they're being counted into the number of people affected. There are so many other people that are asymptomatic or showing no other symptoms that will go into that number, Cormac. So so, uh, that will drive that mortality rate even lower than it is today. So it is not a death sentence for people. And the good news is that a lot of our health systems in Ireland and in the United States and across the world are much more sophisticated than they were in the time of 1918 Spanish flu. You know, you see a lot of people talking about this. Um, The medical system is so much more sophisticated. And for people with respiratory distress, there are treatments available and support therapy available for these people. And, And I think the other thing, Cormac, to look at is there is a global effort right now to find a cure, right? So... There's a global effort to find a cure, to find an antiviral medication that's gonna work. There are certain viral medications, antiviral medications that have been used in patients in China, in Japan, in South Korea, in Italy, that have been successful. Their medications for Ebola, their medications that were used for SARS, which was another coronavirus, medications used in the fight against HIV. There have been some success you know, stories with those medications. And you have global efforts of researchers all over the place trying to find a cure for this, and of course, a vaccine. I've done a lot of, um, you know, interviewing of uh, medical experts at the CDC, which is the Center of Disease Control mm. in the United States. Yes. I interviewed two guys last week who um, are in the infectious disease section there. And when it comes to a vaccine, there's going to be there's going to need to be rigorous testing before you make anything available widespread on a vaccine level. So. The best-case scenario would probably be December 2020 that there would be a vaccine because once the WHO, the World Health Organization, declares it's a pandemic, um, they can fast-track stuff. So we're likely to see a treatment, Cormac, before we actually see a vaccine, Um, but that's fine. Once there is a treatment for this, like a flu that can fight influenza, people are going to relax a little bit. In addition, (laughs) Cormac, to the fact that we'll all know people who are infected and we're going to see that this is more mild then you know we're we're very frightened so the fear of this is probably larger than the toll it's going to take for the vast majority of people once we know people that have had mild disease or flu-like symptoms that will recover within one to two weeks People really will calm down. We're sort of in the midst of the unknown at this point. Yeah. That, we'll, we'll be in a better situation in a couple of weeks. Yeah.
3: Oh, well, that, that's good because I suppose one of the conversations that I keep having with people and with the confusion is uh, why, if this is from the same, let's say, family as the usual flu that goes around at Christmas, why are we, like, why is this one spreading so fast, so quickly compared to the u- flu season in general?
6: Right. Another great question. So, this particular virus is not from the influenza family, okay? It's from a family called coronavirus. Some of these, some of the cousins of this virus ca- cause the, the common cold, but it does not cause influenza. So, it doesn't really matter. The point that you're trying to make is that the reason people are so fearful about this is because our bodies have zero antibodies. Our body has never seen this before. When you and I get like a cold, for example, our bodies have seen different uh, strains of uh, that type of virus, right? And so we are partially immune to things that we may come in contact with. Mm. Having said that, when you get influenza or you get the flu, like around Christmas time, you're sick. You know, you're, you're taken down by that. You have a cough. You may have shortness of breath. You may, you know, feel malaise or fatigue. Um, you you want to take it easy for, you know, a week to two weeks. That's the same clinical picture that they're seeing with coronavirus, Um, So in that sense, it's a little bit different, right? We can get a vaccine for influenza, but there is no vaccine for coronavirus. We can be treated with antivirals for influenza, for the flu, but we can't be treated with anything right now. So it's just supportive therapy. And that giant question mark is what's scaring the crap out of everybody. The issue really is that people have recovered from this. They are doing fine. There are many, many people in China that are now doing Okay, the vast majority of people were not hospitalized. They were not on ventilators. And unfortunately, we do see deaths from all sorts of viruses. Um, It's just very unfortunate that this is moving very quickly. You know, it's moving a little bit quicker than, um, you know, it it escaped out of China, whereas SARS in the past, like and SARS, by the way, is another coronavirus. Yeah, it was being named that for um, severe acute respiratory syndrome, and that was a symptom of coronavirus, right, that particular coronavirus, and that's why it was called SARS. So all this nomenclature, this sophisticated naming of things is very confusing to people. Coronavirus, SARS, MERS, Mm. COVID-19, it's all very confusing. Um, SARS was, you know, a cousin of this, and it stayed in China mainland, and and then and then it, it it disappeared as quickly as it came on. So, because they you know they they caught up with it, and a lot of people developed an immunity to it. So yeah, that's what so I, wanted I wanted to jump in. in a, a, sorry yeah. for getting across you, yeah.
3: and that, that's why because um, I've been having chats with friends, and they're like, "Is this going to be like like this forever?" And and you know, is this just going to be is Corona nineteen the coronavirus? This one going to be out there forever? Um, and how does it get to a point where it peters out and stops? Being transmitted, and that's because people develop the immunity to it from initially getting it.
6: Right, exactly. So that's such a great question, and that's like really what the immunologists and virologists across the world are trying to grapple with right now, right? So it's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to infect a critical mass of people so that the virus no longer has a place to go, right? So right now, the statistics that are coming out of China show us for one person that's infected with corona, 2.5 people will get it. If there's a critical mass of people that are infected, the virus will no longer have a place to go. And if we're doing this social distancing like you're doing in Dublin, like we're doing in New York City, the virus doesn't have a place to go. And so hopefully in the warmer months, like the other coronaviruses, it will start to peter out. The question is, come the fall, it will come back. And that's the thing, like in a couple of months, there will be a treatment. So we're either gonna see a critical mass of people become immune to this and stop it that way, or it's gonna be taken down by technology. And what I mean by that is a vaccine or a treatment. And whether it's a combination of those two factors, whether a critical mass of people get infected and then are immune to it, then it dies, or is it going to be the treatment and the vaccine It really doesn't matter. This isn't going to be something that is going to take down the population of our world. There's no way that's going to happen. So this is going to die down. It may be folded into the vaccine like we have an influenza vaccine so that people that weren't infected by it or if it mutates. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing, Cormac. People will ask if it mutates and you get reinfected. Um, The people that are infected originally will have a partial immunity to it in the same way that if you get the flu and you get a different strain your severity of symptoms and the duration of them will go down so you know every year if you get your flu vaccine everyone's like oh it's not a direct match why should i get it the reason you should get the vaccine is because you have partial immunity to whatever flu strain you have the duration and severity of disease the thought is that it will be lessened yeah in the same way with coronavirus so it will stop, and we will be in a different situation in several months. Unfortunately, this got out, and, you know, if you look at just traveling, I, I looked at pictures yesterday in Chicago O'Hare Airport, Cormick, and all of these people who were coming in from abroad, um, you know, and, and they've closed the borders and everything, and it doesn't matter because it's all over the U.S. anyway, mm. but they're standing shoulder to shoulder waiting in customs coming in from Asia, coming yeah. in from Europe, yeah, coming in from that. the Middle East. It's like a joke, yeah. you know? So it's like, you know, we're all busy hunkering down in our individual spot and not going to a bar. But the people that just came in from abroad
3: are like basically, you know, petri dishes being unleashed into our different communities. Oh, I know, I know, and on it as well, right? Our, our, our neighbors over in the UK came out today and were like, "Okay, we're going we're gonna to start some social distancing now." This, their schools have still remained open, and they initially were going with a, a, a herd immunity thing, where they're like, "We should just let everyone yes. get uh, infected um, anyway." Is there, is there any is there any uh, reason or a, any credibility to that approach, or should we adopt, or should the UK kind of cop on and just adopt? A, a, a more quarantine, shutdown approach,
6: right? So, okay, so that's another great question. The UK decided that they were going to do this sort of herd immunity response to this, and that was what the health minister decided. But the issue with that, Cormick, is more like the picture in Italy, and that's the fear at least in the United States. We've been passing around on social media something called flatten the curve. Has that hit? You yeah, it has. Yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called. Okay. So the, the UK model would not be a flat in the curve, right? And the, and the worry would be is that the health system in England will be overwhelmed if a lot of people get it that are immunosuppressed and elderly, yeah. the people that are more vulnerable. So in every community that you go to, remember, in Italy, they're all living among each other. So if a kid gets it and is asymptomatic or has no symptoms, their grandma may get it. And if everyone's grandma in a town gets it and you all go into the hospital all at once, there's only 15 respirators you're making decisions about yeah. who to treat we don't want that to happen in our country so and you don't either so the best idea is to do social distancing it doesn't mean a critical mass of people aren't going to become infected eventually it just means the healthcare system will be able to deal with everybody coming into the emergency room that that's the most vulnerable if you or i or Sarah were to get this knock on wood statistically we would be fine based on our age, based on our health, we would be okay. We would have a cold to a flu-like syndrome and we would recover at home with not much else that looks more than a flu. If, if your grandmother got it, and, and by the way, I do know a 79-year-old woman right now in Connecticut who who is completely fine, by the way. And oh, this is day seven of this disease, she's okay. Um, so not every elderly person is gonna get sick either. Um, the majority of them are going to be okay. So so the issue is, like, we don't want the system overwhelmed, and that's why social distancing is proactive and preventative. You know, I think eventually all of us will be exposed to this. Yeah. In my opinion, as I said to my, my husband, who's also a doctor, I'd rather be exposed after a treatment comes out. You know, if you could slow that, it, I would feel better having anyone in my family exposed and the people that, you know, I know and love, obviously, we all feel that way. If a treatment were available... Because then you wouldn't have to worry. God forbid something gets really bad, you're, you know, someone that you know could be treated. But yeah. the people, and I do know people infected right now, everybody is okay. Not a single person that I know. There was, a, there was a party of a friend of mine. There were 40 people exposed. 17 of those were positive coronavirus. Oh, wow. One left and went into South Africa. And out of all of those people, not a single person was hospitalized. Oh, well, that's They're good to hear. They're all okay
3: yeah yep. no, that's good here. as I said we're just trying to stop the spreading from getting to uh, people who mightn't be as strong or as healthy as everyone Correct.
6: else that, um, that's the idea
3: yeah, so before, before I let you go, right, a lot of people are now working from home and they might, a lot of people, unfortunately, have lost their jobs as well and might be re-employed when businesses open back up or whatever. Oh, do, you any, do, you, yep. do, you, do you have any advice for people who are stuck indoors now for a huge chunk of the day? Like, how, how are we keeping ourselves entertained or healthy physically and mentally? You know,
6: I think the, the funny thing is, Cormac, we're such a, like, a society of, like, everybody's online on their phones all the time. And now that we can't, you know, go and meet each other, when meanwhile, you know, if you look at, like, the college generation or the high school generation or even the tweens and teens, at least in the U.S., they don't talk on the phone. They're texting each other. Yeah. It's like now that they can't see each other, they're all freaking out and full of anxiety. And now all <laughs> they want to do is go outside. Very interesting, right? Yeah. So. I think at least for parents with little kids, and if they're not in school, it's important to make a schedule because young children really thrive on a schedule, right? Kids that are school aged kids into high school need a schedule. I know there are resources online, at least in the United States. There's scholastic.com, which is a U.S. educational website that can be used for free right now. You can get on and chart out your child's day. We have a lot of schools closed here. so. You can get on and do history for thirty minutes and science for thirty minutes and then you can have a gym break. It's important to get outside if the weather is good or, you know, do some activities. We were walking at the beach yesterday. Um, like in my family we took a walk in the beach and everyone was trying to keep six, you know, feet away from each other. <laughs> Not in my family, but in other families. Mm. Walk the dog, you know, whatever whatever it is to just keep active but a schedule is vital for for younger children and remember especially for those of us who have families the anxiety that the parents have is going to seep into their kids and their aging parents so it's important if you're you know to be sound mind and to discuss your anxiety with your partner or someone your own age rather than discussing it with your young children because that's a disaster and it only heightens anxiety you know the truth is we're all going to get through this it's the kind of situation that came globally very quickly. A lot of countries were ill-prepared for this, unfortunately. But the mortality rate is going to be, you know, it's not going to be tremendous. People are going to get through this. And hopefully, you know, we're going to learn that our healthcare systems need to be, to have a plan in place that can easily react within a pandemic. Because, you know, I I fear that this is not the only time we're going to face something like this. And hopefully we're better prepared to do so. You know, there's more e-learning modules and ways that people can work. But we really are a telecommuting society, all of us. So take advantage of that. Take advantage of binging your Netflix shows or... I'm just afraid, Doc, that uh, the, uh, getting outside.
3: the internet companies aren't going to be able to handle the increased traffic in the afternoon and no one will be able to binge watch any of their Netflix.
6: Yeah, that and that would that would absolutely. Ooh, suck. Yeah. People
3: be coming into work just to <laughs> what, binge watch what are we stuff. What I
6: do with that? The oh. Bachelor and you know Love Island? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what I would do without that. Oh
3: anymore. yeah, well at least we've got our priorities <laughs> straight anyway, Doctor.
4: <laughs> right. We do. Well,
6: we um, do. but not not you know. I think it's important just to keep to try to stay calm as as best possible, and to know that all of these measures being put into place by. The health departments in our individual countries are to keep people as safe as possible and to keep the number of people from getting very ill as low as possible so the health care systems work smoothly and, and, and uh, you know, smoothly and, and well-run, essentially. So that's, that's the important thing.
3: Brilliant. Well, listen, uh, Dr. Jennifer Wider, it's at Dr. Wider on Twitter. I highly recommend you go give her a follow online, a voice of reason and amongst uh, a lot of the madness that's here. It'll be very interesting when we uh, touch base next week to see what the developments yeah, right are. Now
6: it's an ever-changing situation for sure.
3: Lovely. Well, listen, thanks a million. we'll try meeting.
6: to lighten it up for next week. Norman. We'll try our best. But listen,
3: <laughs> it is what it is at the Have, moment.
6: Having sex amidst corona, we be next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah, how many people you should limit your sex life with during a viral outbreak. Um, we'll, we'll do that that's next week.
6: We're, we're all going to be in the blow up doll situation. <laughs> That's going to be a thriving. Industry. How to wash out
3: your blow up doll in case of infection. I think it would be a brilliant one, yeah. We'll do that next week, Doc. <laughs>
6: Alright, take care, Cormac. I'll speak to you very soon. I'll
3: speak to you soon, indeed. Uh, on the way next here on FM 104, you're going to be hearing from a record-breaking uh, group of Irishmen. They broke uh, the longest distance travelling on a frozen lake. It doesn't sound much, but it was 800 kilometres. It was over in Siberia, in Russia, and one of the guys only has one eye. That's on the way next.
2: This is Room 104 with Cormac and Saoirse. FM
5: 104.
3: It's Room 104, it's Cormac here on FM 104. And uh, in the midst of all this chaos, some good news, some really great news, is that two Irishmen are after breaking a world record for travelling across a, one of the world's largest frozen lakes, and get this, in minus 30 degrees Celsius temperatures. My dream, absolutely love the cold. But to tell us a little bit more about, one, how dangerous that was, uh, and why in the name of God they actually did it in the first place, the uh, gentleman who was involved and, and leading the entire project, Gary Keith. Gary, how
7: are you? I'm great, thanks.
3: So, what exactly did you do? What was the record that you broke?
7: So we brought two records. Actually, with, to be clear, we set two records because it hadn't been done before. So the first one was the longest motorcycle ride on night. And this was conceived by a fair man called Declan McAvoy. And there was a third Irish man, believe it or not, called Kevin Eamons, an international team of bikers from Germany, yeah. Russia, Lithuania, Argentina, and England. Uh, the second record was we want to do the longest drive on ice, and that was me. So we put together an old truck that we built down in Abbey Leaks, County Leash and drove it on a lake, a lake by house in the middle of Siberia. In fact, it's uh, the, the largest um, freshwater lake by volume in the world. It holds about 20% of the world's freshwater and it's a mile deep. A mile? A mile. Holy God. Yeah. It's so, a bit disconcerting when you're sitting on top of in a three <laughs> ton truck. truck. <laughs> a three ton truck, yeah, exactly.
3: Uh, yeah, I'd be a little bit terrified. Was there ever any. Um I take it it's frozen solid, I think. Was there any kind of touch-and-go moments where you're hearing the ground underneath you crack a little bit and you're like, ooh?
7: Yes, well, even worse than that, um, I mean, hear, hearing things is not too bad because generally when you hear something, it's it's kind of a, it's a bit of a warning, but when you hear anything and you feel your back wheels just drop down oh, as, you're, as you're driving along, that's a little bit concerning. So that happened to us three times and um, the advice that you get when you're driving a vehicle Is you, if your back wheels go, you put the boot down. And if your front wheels go, you open the door and get the hell out. (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
3: uh, either, yeah, they don't seem too reassuring, those two pieces of advice.
7: (laughs) Well, believe it or not, they actually are reassuring because at least you have a plan. Yeah. Uh, And I mean, when when you're out there, you think about crossing ice, you know, you think about maybe I'll run across this piece of ice, I'll get to the other bank and I'm grand. But when you're out there, you're like miles, maybe 20 miles. From the shore, and there's nowhere to go if it goes wrong, and you 're just hoping that you've read the thing right. We go along with a, a guy called an ice captain, and his job is to kind of read the ice and go along and drill holes in it and tell you where it's um, tell you where it 's good and tell you where it 's bad, and sometimes it would be nearly a meter thick that 's pretty good. Uh, but then he walks along to you very calmly in he's Russian kind of deadpan way and he says, uh, this ice is not very good. I would advise you to go very fast away from here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and you're just there going on, right, okay. Uh, would you, yeah. I would have thought, so only in, in the thickest parts, it was only a metre thick.
7: Yeah, a metre thick would be very, very good. The engineers actually, uh, we had an engineering sponsor called AJMS, a Galway man called Marco Halloran. Yeah. And he did the research and he says, guys, for that truck, you're going to need a minimum of uh, 400 millimetres or 40 centimetres of ice. It's a little over a foot thick. Mm. And he said, that will hold you up. And um, that's a minimum. We we drove over some ice that was 20 centimetres thick and, in oh, fact, yes. some that was less where we went through it. We even had some open water, which is very terrifying. You wouldn't even walk up to it. And uh, when you're looking down into a hole and you can see nothing, only blackness, and you realise, you know, you get some confidence when you're... You're driving along, that's ah, grand. don't know what all the fuss about. Then all of a sudden, you get a little bit of crack, and your wheel disappears, and you say, "Well, oh, <laughs> this mightn't be great." Yeah, might what have be we be gotten super. ourselves
3: into? Yeah, you, you, yeah might be, exactly. you might
7: be mortal after all. And, and and for the bikers, actually, the bikers had less of a worry about going through the ice because they're a lot lighter, obviously, apart from the, the few fat chaps that ride riding the bikes. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's not as heavy a vehicle as so much a risk. But they face like, really brutal cold. So as I said, there were two Irish men, Declan McAvoy and Kevin Eamons, who lives in Dublin, actually. Kevin Eamons lives out in Dunleary and Declan lives in Clare. And they had to face, um, like, the, the cold is one thing, it's like yeah. 30 degrees, but then you get wind chill takes it down to, like, maybe minus 40 or something like this, and the wind goes through, and we've very, like, very, very, very good gear on us and all that. was sponsored by a company called Rook up in Finland, but even still, it's, it's pretty brutal, um, pretty, pretty brutal stuff, you know?
3: Was there any, um, like, medical scares with the lads then that were out in the cold that long?
7: Um, yes there was in fact and all these guys are, are very tough lads I mean Declan McAvoy is a guy who rides all around the world Kevin Eamon's road and kind of really tough stuff in Russia along with me before and uh, the guy from Lithuania Carlos is like a he's pretty bulletproof but one of our riders is from Germany Fritz Price and Fritz is a funny man to the team and he wound up getting frostbite on his big toe and I'm afraid we didn't give him much sympathy but when we look back at it the, the top of his toe was black and that wasn't great uh, one of the other riders a guy called Mark Kemp who's also he's an English guy a very experienced rider he um, he looks like he's cracked some ribs from one of the falls but you, you just continue with it you know I got, a, I got a really bad you know it's a bit ironic now because had we been in the middle of the coronavirus, it would have been isolated. We had a really bad chest infection, temperature of 41 and a half. Oh God. And I was in a bad way there for a few days. But you have to stay going because exactly you can't just nip into the nearest um, yeah. the nearest uh, uh, medical centre and get yourself seen to go to bed. So when you're in it, you're in it and you have to stay going. But other than that, no life threatening things, just uh, a lot of um, say comfort-denting things.
3: Well, yeah, and a few scares when the wheels disappear into yeah, the ice. Yeah, they're like, a little right. bit scary. <laughs> right, okay, um, be, did you did you document this,
7: Renton, or is it going to be? We did, a- we did indeed, and in fact, we we set out to um, was out to make a proper documentary, and yeah. in fairness, we we were like we're an amateur team and none of us have done a proper documentary before. So we engaged the services of a very famous filmmaker called Claudio von Planta. and any motorcycle um, enthusiast would know him from the, the TV series Long Way Round. He's been the, the cameraman on all the Long Way uh, Round, Long Way Down, Long Way Up series with Ewan McGregor and Charlie Bowen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, so Claudio was our main man, and he, um, he gave us a really talented, award-winning guy called um, Alex Hick, who's also from Jeremy but we had a homegrown uh, piece of amazing talent with us called Nisha Kettle he's an 18 year old filmmaker from County Leash and he came on board along with the guys and he was pretty outstanding and uh, we are now right in the middle of putting together a documentary, if we can find the money to finish it. And we're hoping to get it out there around the world.
3: No, it'd be amazing. Fingers crossed that you do. So the, the record exactly, what was it? 800 kilometres?
7: 830, we think. So So the process is, when you go to Guinness, there's very, very strict uh, rules mm. around, and, and most of, the overwhelming majority of records, fail because of uh, poor documentation. So we took no chances. Declan-
5: Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Borough purchase at burrowcom slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrowcom slash ACAST.
7: To be fair, kind of led that up along with my co-pilot, a guy called John Quinn, and their job was to literally have the discipline to get all those um All of those uh, pieces of information together, get the witness forms signed every day, um, get the GPS tracks downloaded and secure and all that. So, all of that right now has gone into Guinness. Um, John Quinn is uh, very busy putting all that together. And as soon as that's verified, the, the record will be official. So, what they asked us to do was a minimum of 700 kilometers. And we know that we've done 830 which is a hell of a distance on frozen water.
3: Yeah, it definitely is. Where did you sleep? Like, intense on the lake?
7: Yeah, yeah, some of the time and a bit of a mixture. You, you can get to the shore and on the shore you'll find kind of like little homestays or, you know, little people wooden houses and yeah. that and you can get in there if you're lucky. Um, we even found, would you believe it, it wasn't exactly five-star luxury but very welcome. <laughs> we found a, a little... Um, what can only be described as a thermal spa oh, in the trees uh, on, on, on the shore one evening and the water was literally 70 degrees coming out of the ground <sighs> that was a bit surreal and very welcome yeah, uh, other than that we slept in tents on the ice and um, that brings its own uh, practical issues along with uh, toilet usage as you can imagine yeah. and uh, that was pretty uh, pretty scary stuff <laughs>
3: that was the most terrifying is how there's no real toilet
7: around here lads What's Well, the yeah, practical things you don't want you don't to sit with your backside on a on a minus thirty piece of plastic, with with fears of like dumb and dumber that you might actually be stuck to it. So you come up with all sorts of practical solutions.
3: Oh, good God! Right. So, um, so what's the the next process now? I mean, are you are you fundraising for the documentary?
7: Yeah, we are, probably at a, at a corporate level. We haven't done a, a crowdfunding right, thing okay. or anything like that, and we haven't decided that. Um, some of the stuff, uh, we've been very lucky with some sponsored up to this, but we don't have enough for sure. And uh, we are pretty sure... According to the filmmakers, what we have is something special. There's a lot of positivity, a lot of madness and a lot of uh, really spectacular footage in it. And we're hoping to give it a good old Irish slant along with all the international guys. One of the guys, incidentally, was a very interesting chap from Argentina who came from plus 38 to minus 30 (laughs) in two days. And his name was Mariano Carloni, And his mother's name is Nora O'Shea who was a third-generation Argentinian immigrant from Kerry or somewhere. She's never been up here, I don't think. <laughs> so there was all sorts of mad connections to Ireland. But yeah, we're, we're in the middle of, of getting this thing funded and put together and all sorts of chats going on. We have a top-secret um, top plan to do an even scarier one. Oh, and uh, we're not releasing that yet, but... If you watch this space, there's something going to happen here which will give Ireland its very own Top Gear style, long way around, long way up, whatever you call it, but with a bit of kick-ass madness.
3: Oh, that sounds like great fun. Now, listen, uh, is there anywhere uh, online that people can kind of have a look at so far what you are doing? For sure,
7: you can check out the Baikal Project on Facebook and Instagram. That's, that's spelled B-A-I-K-A-L. That's the lake itself. It's called the Baikal Project. There's also the BaikalProject.com. Um, there's all sorts of um, pieces of footage and, and uh, pictures on there. The main footage, as you can imagine, is obviously going to be up there. Uh, but you can contact us via that. My own, um, my own travel page is called One Eye on the World. It's the number one so-called because I actually lost one of my eyes along the way. So to give it two fingers to adversity, we have a little page here called One Eye on the World.
3: Hang on, hang so, on, hang on. I'll have to
7: ask you about that, if you don't mind. Mm. So, explain. Uh, explain how I lost an eye or where I lost it. <laughs> you, you <laughs> I lost start it on the head. left-hand side of my head and I've never found it since. <laughs> and it was a farm accident when I was about 17 years old and... Um, It probably didn't bother me as much as it should have done, even though it sounds very traumatic. But I have this kind of I have this kind of fatalistic view that if something has happened, it's already happened, and no amount of crying or or self um, self pity is going to change it. Yeah. So so uh, what I did was uh, I. I named the page after it in homage to its (laughs) loss and it's called One Eye on the World and basically like all the other guys I do a bit of travelling around uh, the world and visiting mad places and all that and it's a bit of fun Uh, Incidentally, all these guys uh, on this team uh, Mariano Declan Kevin Mark Fritz and um and Carlos are all travellers with amazing stories in their own right and all, we're all guys that met randomly through various travel connections and part of what we're trying to do is encourage people to get off your backsides and get out there and see the, see the world and see the people and experience the, the, the buzz that we get from it all you know
3: yeah well, you'll just have to hold off telling people until after March 29th yeah
7: yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not saying go right now yeah, today make some plans, but there's nothing, wrong, there's nothing wrong with making a plan today if you can get your head around if you have nothing else to be doing you should have a look at all these uh, pages that we all have and um, say well oh, I could do a bit of that oh, and, um, and, and we're happy by the way to give anybody any help and encouragement to all of us so don't be afraid to contact us
3: brilliant so if you're stuck in now listening this evening or if you're out driving around you want to make a note of, of something to look forward. To, to help us get us through the whole self-isolation quarantining phase it was the Baikal Project on Facebook and Instagram and BaikalProject.com that's, that's it that's it lovely listen Gary O'Keefe very best of luck with that give us a shout if, if and when you get a, a broadcast or release date for the documentary and we'll be more than happy to have you back on
7: brilliant we'd love to talk to you again thanks for calling
3: us on the way next if you're waiting for the One Direction competition this evening my apologies if I've kept you waiting too long I have not called anyone back it could be you if you've got the directions correct and if you want me to call you, 1D and your name, 87 67 you could be in the draw, the last final spot today here on FM 104. So if you're a mad One Direction fan or know someone who is and you want to be in the draw with Jim Jim and Nobby on Friday morning, 1D, your name, once you have the directions correctly that I played out a little bit earlier on, 87 67 i will call you back in the next five minutes' time. Here is Ed Sheeran. This is Photograph. It's FM 104.
8: Loving can hurt memories for ourselves where our eyes are never closing hearts are never broken times forever frozen still so you can keep me inside the post phone wait for me to come home
2: your favorite artists from the 90s and 90s
8: are back
2: but the question remains who is the best well who's winning you should know you're the judge FM 104's throwback throwdown take our Instagram poll weekdays and decide which of our throwback artists you want to hear on the jam with Van Murray winners get 1, two, 3 Four Jam Jars, a bit of Dublin that you and your friends can take anywhere. So get on Insta, get voting, and get your hands on some goodies. FM 104's Throwback Throwdown. Weekdays on The Jam. Dublin's
5: hit music station. FM 104.
0: COVID-19 or coronavirus is here. And the best way to protect ourselves? Well, it's in all of our hands. Wash your hands more often for at least 20 seconds with soap and water. If you cough or sneeze, use a tissue or cover your mouth with your elbow. Then, bin the tissue and wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose and mouth and keep surfaces clean. You'll find all the latest health information, updates and advice about coronavirus at hse.ie.
2: Five years ago, the biggest boy band on the planet split up and went their separate ways but they didn't really go away, you know? We're giving you the chance to see all the boys at their individual concerts. Listen throughout the day to hear the directions from FM 104, and you can be going in all directions for One Direction.
8: I'll give you the directions for One
4: Direction.
2: Stay listening to WIN, only on Dublin's hit music station, FM 104. FM 104. This is Room 104 with Cormac and Saoirse FM
5: 104.
3: Right, so just before we go here on F104, as you know, we're sending one lucky person, along with a friend flights, force air accommodation, to see all of the one direction, lads. Now, regardless of what the situation is with the whole coronavirus and things get rescheduled, we will look after you no problem. I played out some directions a little bit earlier on and I know it's a little bit late to be calling somebody back, but we have one final place to give away. Uh, this evening, final is taking place with Jim Jim and Nobby on Friday morning so if you make it in the draw, uh, you've only a couple of days to wait. So let's give someone a buzz back here now and see if they know the directions correctly. It's a bit late, I wonder if they're still up. Hello. Hi, is that Jackie? Speaking. Hi, I'm uh, very apolog- uh, Sorry about the, uh, the, the, the very late call. It's Cormac here from F104. How are you? Oh, hi. Good, Cormac. Thank you. Now, I'm going to presume, Jackie, that you are not the Die Hard 1D fan. It might be someone you know. Oh, well, I am a fan too. I've been
9: to Nile and Harry's Constance Oh, have you? And, and my girl. Oh, absolutely. They're fabulous. I love them.
3: Oh, my apologies. <laughs> I'll take that yeah. back. Uh, how dare yeah. me presume that you wouldn't be a Die Hard fan. So, are you <laughs> I am yes. Oh, yes. amazing! And who would you take with you now, if you want?
9: Well, I take. Um, well, I have two daughters. So, oh, that'll be well, a tough decision to now. Yes.
3: yes, yes. <laughs> Which daughter do you love more?
7: Oh, that's. I can't answer that question. That's 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 a that's a, that's a question you couldn't answer.
3: <laughs> uh, I think you you know who it is. You just don't want to say. Oh. <laughs> Um, Listen Jackie, I won't keep you for too long Uh, Thanks for coming on, all you need to do if you want to take the uh, last final place this evening to be in the draw on Friday when Jim Jim and Nobby are going to be uh, picking a winner for the overall prize, prize, you just need to give me the correct directions I played out earlier on
9: Okay, it's uh, continue for one kilometre then turn west, you will arrive at your destination of Harry Styles
3: Now are those the right directions? Yes, of course they are, Jackie. Congratulations. Oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> again, uh, the, the strange phone call in the middle of the night was worth it. Uh, you Bye. are the, the final finalist. Your name is in the draw. You uh, could be winning on Friday uh, and that's then you will be you will be given the very tough decision on uh, which one of your daughters to bring with you. But listen, congratulations. Thanks very much again and best of luck on Friday.
7: Thank you very much for the call. Thank you.
3: Your next chance tomorrow morning with Jim, Jim and Nobby. We will have the final chance for you to get in the draw tomorrow night. So tune in from nine o'clock.
5: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.